0: Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics.
1: Here's your host, Todd Citron. In the name of the Father, Father and, and of Son, the Son, and of the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day today. Give us the, the faith, the hope, and the charity to live our lives true to the faith, with courage and conviction and we ask you to watch and shepherd over all of us here in the world but especially in Acadiana where we praise you and worship you as our culture dictates
1: amen in your name we pray amen in the name of the father son holy spirit amen you're listening to Cajun Catholics I'm your host Todd Citron. today I'm Excited to have Mr. Jared Cockey. He is a fine wine specialist in Lafayette, and that sounds really sexy. <laughs> it,
0: it has its good days for sure.
1: <laughs> and if we can say the word "sexy" on a Catholic radio show, we just did, so it must be good. So this gentleman is making the blood of Christ or selling the blood of Christ. I guess you know you would say not making. You're not a wine maker. I've made wine. But, <laughs> you have uh, made wine. Okay,
0: but uh, not. Uh not as a not as a living and certainly not something i do every day but i've done it in part and parcel over the years in nice across the world
1: well jared welcome to the show and i want you to please tell your listeners a little bit about yourself so
0: again as todd said my name is jared Cockey. i'm a fine wine specialist um here locally in town and uh i am first and foremost a catholic but with that responsibility also comes being a husband and a father of four children and uh that's something that I take extremely seriously. That is my charge above my career, above my wants and desires. It is my responsibility to uh, to see that my wife and my children attain eternal salvation. And I've ordered my life um, in the past several years to to, in that direction I should say, without stuttering too much. And it's a focus and you know, you have good days and bad days, just like everybody does when you, you kind of fall away from the goal. But the goal is always there, it's always in front of me, and it drives me. And I think, I don't think I know that it is my responsibility, and so therefore that's just the way it's going to be. And um, the kids uh, sometimes they fight it, sometimes they don't. And when I say fight it, they just, they're kids, they get a lot, like, really? Do we have to do this? Do we have to do <laughs> that? We're members, uh, we're parishioners at Our Lady of Fatima, and uh, at 8 o'clock every night on Facebook Live, um, Fatima has a warrior prayer group rosary. And we lead it a few times a month, but wow. without fail, um, since it started in March, because of, because of the lockdown, uh, we're on there practically every night. If I'm camping with the scouts with my sons, okay, I'll say the rosary on my own, but we're there. It is daily. That's nice. It's, it's daily.
1: Two comments. One... I told my wife the Facebook was the devil last night so I guess I was wrong on that one cuz it seems like you're doing a good thing with Facebook there. <laughs> uh, it's
0: still it's the devil in disguise. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: Hmm. Can be good, can be bad, right? Absolutely. So we've established that you're a good Catholic and I knew that and when we met um only known each other a little while but um but we've got to visit a little bit before we came here and I know he's a strong strong Catholic but tell us if you're a Cajun Catholic where, where is your family from? Okay, so I guess a
0: little bit about myself first and foremost Not many people know this but i am adopted so that's a that's probably like cajun catholics with jared part two three and four (laughs) Um, but so my mom and dad my dad was actually from born and raised in bogaloosa louisiana he left there when he was 18 years old and that was pretty much the end of that program my mother was born in moro louisiana was kind of raised in lake charles and baton rouge but she is a corville and all uh, and that's actually Spanish the Corville okay. family came from there the Canary Islands Carabello they immigrated into South Louisiana at the same time as the Acadians during the exile in the mid 1700s and so my mother's mother who I knew was very close with she was a Thibodeau off the boat as we say so <laughs> so yeah the Cajun Catholic aspect does run not with my last name but in it's in your it, veins it's in the veins the maternal lineage um, very very strong. My mother, a daily communicant. She lives in Baton Rouge. When I was a kid, I was an altar server. And during Lent, six fifteen mass every morning, signing in people were like he's lying. So <laughs> I was there. Um, so and, that, that and the Cajun aspect runs on that end of the family.
1: I like to ask the lineage question, you know, as to the grandparents on either side of your of your of your family of your parents. Uh, you know, were they also Catholics? And and do you remember much of that?
0: So my I didn't know my paternal grandparents. Mm-hmm. Uh, my grandfather, on my dad's side, if he were alive today, would be 115 years old and not great grandfather, grandfather. Mm-hmm. And so he passed away when I was six months old, and my grandmother passed away, I think, seven or so years before I was born. Wow! So I did not know them. So mm-hmm. my grandparents were my mother's family, and yes, they were Catholic. You know, I, I guess I don't think. i don't think my grandfather i never really saw him attend mass i know at one time he was a member of the knights of columbus Mm -hmm. um i'm not sure i was younger when he passed away my grandmother went to mass pretty often and in her later years with with parkinson's disease and dementia she was pretty much homebound but uh you know she said her rosary and, and, and she still had you know that devotional life and aspect to herself
1: so, in you in particular, um, growing up in your household, was was faith something that was discussed? Was it something that was mandated? Uh, how did that come about? It, it was discussed, um, it was mandated
0: in a way, you know, um, we are going to Mass on Sunday. And I never really questioned it, it's just it's what we did. And so being a cradle Catholic, I was a cradle Catholic culturally, but also in the practice of the faith, you know, receiving the sacraments when you're supposed to receive the sacraments. Um, Doing the things you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do them. My dad was a convert. He grew up as a Baptist, and um, he married my mother. And shortly thereafter, he he became Catholic. And I don't think it was something he felt he was forced to do. Mm-hmm. It was something he wanted to do. And he was a he was an interesting guy, highly involved in the church. Um, when I was a young man. He, on Sundays, would go with a, an older priest, uh, Father Henry von Boxel, who was here in Lafayette many, many, many years ago. And he would do prison ministry at the LPCC mm. every Sunday. And so Sundays we'd go to Mass at noon, we'd go eat lunch, and then from 2 to 5, my dad was gone, and he was at the prison doing That's ministry. amazing. And he was the uh, St. Vincent de Paul Society of Fatima, renewal weekend. We were really, really good friends with Monsignor Segor, who gave me my first communion and my my uh, first reconciliation I mean that was yeah so we were inundated with it but I can say that as I got older I also understood or I say understood that you take things for you realize you take things for granted but not everything was given to me and what I mean by that is there was a span of years where I didn't go to confession
1: mm-hmm. I didn't
0: miss mass but I didn't go to confession so you have it wasn't six of one half dozen of another, it was you had a little bit of this, but you missed it completely because you didn't yeah. do that. And it's because it wasn't taught, it wasn't preached, it wasn't harped upon to the faithful from the pulpit. And that's quite frankly that's a that's a fault of the priest at the time who didn't hammer it out like they were supposed to and i'm not going to mince words I,
1: I had the same sto- uh, story pretty much you know hadn't had been to confession for years after high school and uh, i went to st thomas More. did you go to catholic school
0: i did so yeah. elementary school at our lady of fatima and uh-huh. then we moved back to baton rouge and so i went to the uh i like to call it the school formerly known as bishop
1: sullivan oh yeah okay. which is now st michael's okay And so uh, walk us through a little bit. I always like to hear the supernatural Catholic story. I know you have a strong marriage. You mentioned your wife, Kelly, and uh, I I can tell you all are very close. And tell us a little bit how y'all met and how that uh, formed your faith life.
0: So blind date, because what what good story doesn't begin with a blind date? (laughs) A friend of mine, a mutual friend of ours, had set us up on a blind date on a fraternity bus trip. And, uh, you know, She's gonna to listen to this and go, oh, "God, I can't believe you <laughs> so we had a good time, but you know the date ended, and that was kind of it for about six months. I really wasn't interested in 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 dating in college. it's as weird as it is. I was hanging out with my friends um working a lot. I worked full time and right. went to school full time and um I was just busy, and I didn't th- think I was uh ready for a relationship, and of course, I didn't know what I was doing anyway, so i <laughs>
1: and this date was in baton rouge this was in baton rouge yeah yeah,
0: well actually the the date made its way from baton rouge to new orleans to the balcony bar was a bus trip
1: Uh and then on the way
0: back and so i ran into her about six months later at the beginning of the next semester and we went out a couple of times and then i basically you know want to go steady to make a bad joke asked if she'd go out with me and and be my girlfriend and she said yeah and that was 22 years ago last month Mm -hmm. and um we've been married for about a little bit a little bit over 17 years beautiful but i can also say and even she'll admit that i don't think that the commonality of our faith was was center in the beginning of our marriage Uh, not that we weren't again not that we weren't attending mass and it wasn't not that we were doing anything terribly wrong it's just you know our children were baptized within a month of being born i mean Mm -hmm. we 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 believed it we just weren't maybe living it as well as we should because amazingly to have faith takes faith, and sometimes that's not the easiest thing to just give up and give yourself to to God, the higher power, to help steer to help steer your life. And for me, I think there's been a couple of events in time that has kind of drawn me in closer to our Lord. And I think it would be two years after our third child, my oldest son, was born, and um, he was nonverbal and we knew something was was off and um, we basically uh, you know basically we kinda had him evaluated and he came back with you know with autism on the spectrum and you know you can think about things all the time but when it really hits you in the face and you're told something and you have to resign yourself to the fact that that is what it is you know the weight of the world kinda comes on your shoulders and I can remember sitting in the parking lot of a restaurant I mean calling my dad and I was just in tears just didn't know what to do you know hopes and dreams and wishes of a father with their son so on and so forth that you know that most most parents actually all parents have with their children were kind of flashing before my eyes with not really sure what it was going to be like and you know my dad in his very, very few words but he basically looked at me and he said boy I said, God, don't don't give you what you can't handle. Mm -hmm. So you're just going to have to suck it up, and you're going to deal with this, and you're going to be fine. He is the greatest blessing that God ever
1: gave you. Wow. Powerful. Said okay. So, thank you for sharing that that story. I know uh, we get kind of personal here on this show, but, you know, that's the beauty of uh, sharing your faith out here. You're listening to Cajun Catholics today. Our guest is Mr. Jared Cockey. He is a fine wine specialist here in Lafayette and uh just sharing a little bit about so i guess i want to know how did you get into the wine business oh great question so uh, i guess
0: between my freshman and first sophomore year at lsu <laughs> either two junior years or two sophomore years i'm not really sure i, I had two of those you had two of those <laughs> i was uh looking for work and uh and we had called a gentleman who owned a local store in baton rouge to invite him to an alumni event for our fraternity and he politely declined and said he had previous plans. But hey, by the way, does anybody at the house need a job? I have an opening in the liquor department. I need somebody to to help stock shelves. And I immediately volunteered myself. That was so nice. Needing work. And so I went down the next day, and that was in 1997. And um, I was hired two days later, and I worked there all through college and went from stocking beer and liquor to helping organize and run his wine program in his department with him. And I graduated from LSU, and right before I graduated from LSU, I went to work for, at the time, was Great Southern Wine and Spirits, which was part of Magnolia, which is now Republic National Distributing mm-hmm. Company, and have been there since April of 2001.
1: So we were talking about, you know, how I guess we're card-carrying Catholics, you know, I'm right there with you. Everything that you've spoken about, it's like you're talking about my life, you know. and uh, But at what point, you know, in your faith life did, did that Convert over. I think, like Ronald Reagan says, right? You know, hey, you just have to show up, and then something's going to happen. I think. When did Jesus
0: show up? Okay, so that's another great question. So, briefly, when my oldest daughter was born, my wife and I were living in Shreveport, Louisiana. She was actually in in med school, so yes, um, you can go to med school and have children. Just ask my wife; <laughs> she had three of them between med school and residency, and she still loves me. At least she says she does. now anyway, uh, so. Uh, our first daughter was born and uh, about a week later we were going back in for the heel sticks and all the fun stuff and they were testing um, you know they're just blood work and stuff like that that they actually do just at the hospital now and I had noticed the night before we brought her to the hospital that her eyes were yellow a little bit of jaundice and so they checked her out and her bilirubin count was off the charts and they basically called us and said do not stop do not go do not collect $200 get back to the hospital now we have to admit your one-week-old daughter so here we go back to the hospital and I mean just shock and all new parents I don't know what I'm doing anyway and now Mm -hmm. this this child that I have been entrusted to with is is being cared for in the hospital and my mother-in-law being uh, the great woman she is was like I'm gonna call uh, Father Peter okay and so long story short Father Peter Mangum who is the Rector of the Cathedral at st. John Berkman's in Shreveport came over Um, to the hospital said some prayers spent some time with us i've been
1: to that church yeah my wife and i were married there no way yeah that's where we were married wow beautiful church if you ever get to i randomly found that church i apologize for interrupting but i was excited that you said that that's okay yeah we were on our way back from a road trip and found that found that place yeah
0: so he didn't marry us but that's where we got married and so we about a week later was my wife's birthday my daughter was home and we said, you know what, it'd be a really nice gesture if we just invited Father Peter over for dinner to thank him for coming over. So he came over to the house. Everybody left. My wife went to bed and it's two o'clock in the morning and Father Peter and I are still talking. And at that point in time, a friendship was struck and that was, you know, about 16 years ago. And he and I started getting together and meeting once a month, once every three weeks. And then our group grew with a couple other guys and um, we had a name for our group. It's silly. It, not even worth saying here because nobody would get it, but it was a uh, it was a group name, and we got together. Come on, bring it. We want to hear it. All right, it was called Circle 19. <laughs> Circle at St. Joseph's in, in Shreveport, the parish he was at, Circle 18 was like the married women's group, and one of my <laughs> friends was like, well, just called Circle 19, and it stuck, I and like so... It. So we'd meet every two or three weeks. Usually I would cook dinner. Um, I had wine, amazingly enough, and we'd kind of break bread and, and talk about life and things that were going on. And that really, really helped develop an aspect of my faith life to get me through the doubts and the questions and, and, the, and the things like that. And, and my friends and I, we would discuss things and we'd hold each other accountable. And then we would, you know, and this amazing thing called YouTube showed up and you could start sharing videos of, of people saying things about the faith or expressing, you know, expressing feelings or, or explaining dogmas. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like a, it's like the light went on and I just, I dove right into it. And it's been that way for many, many, many years. And I guess in the past few years, it's a little bit further dive into it, but that's kind of that, yeah. that spark was the need of, of help of a priest and prayers. And then just kind of, you know, going down the road from there.
1: couple of thoughts, you know, um, it's been amazing in the last several shows I've done how many of the the moms out there, you know, of of the guests, um, ha- have converted their husband. It happened in my in my family. My father was a convert, and and it's like okay, there's a theme here. You know, these Cajun Catholic girls, raised by guys like us, I guess you know, and then, you, you know, they meet these guys, and then they 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 like what they see. You know, it's uh, the Cajun way and and this deep faith, and and that deep. The word deep is the next. The next trend is, you know, we talk about how all the the Acadiana, Cajun faithful are so deep in their faith. And I hear when you say you desired so much, you know, you just kept wanting more. I feel that way, too. And I think our kids, that rubs off on our children. And and, uh, I've heard that said about my kids. I'm proud that someone said that about my children. But, you know, we have a deep faith and we want more. And I think there's more to get. i I agree completely yeah and one of the ways you're getting that more i think is uh, your involvement in cast tell us a little bit about for the people who don't know what that is so cast is a
0: retreat group that was started by hart littell and deacon ed bustani at our lady of fatima about three or four years ago and um it was kind of a inspiration of, of father michael russo who's at saint anne's now and he he understood the statistics that talk about the, a family's faith life, and that when if the dad doesn't attend mass with the kids, the kids, they will never go back. It doesn't matter how, how much they go with the mother, it, it's just statistics. And he wanted to figure out a way to engage the men of the parish, to get them involved, and to pull them out of themselves. The men have a tendency to want to die within themselves, and you need somebody to kind of pull them out of their own little worlds of distraction and self-denial, if you will. I should say self-denial excuse me denial of reality and and get them into self-denial and get them on a better path and so that that program started um my daughter's sang at the at the in the school chorus and once a month we weren't parishioners at fathom at the time actually and once a month we would go hear them sing and um they were advertising if you will for for the next upcoming retreat the third retreat they did and as we're walking out uh, the front of church um a gentleman by the name of kevin leblanc stuck most people in acadiana know who kevin is with griffin strong and and foundation and he um he had made cast two and he stuck an application in my hand and i I looked at him i said kevin i'm not a parishioner and he's like does it matter (laughs) and only if you know kevin that's exactly just the attitude of like whatever bro take the take the (laughs) take the paper let's go and so i mean by the time i walked back to my car i had looked at my calendar and said hey can i make this retreat i think i need this and she said absolutely the next morning i'd gone back to the parish with a check in hand paid done and there was no turning back from there and that group has been a, a unbelievable part of my life the past few years um, a lot of great friendships have formed um, a lot of camaraderie a lot of accountability to each other um, to keep us on the right path to help with our families problem solving we kind of bear, we, we bear our souls um, to each other um, you know there's a I think, I think it's a proverb iron sharpens iron Oh, yeah. And men need that. So, you know, not to discount ladies or, or the moms and then the women in the parish for sure that are listening to this, but men need men to keep them honest and to keep them in check with reality in the only way other men can do. Mm-hmm. Um, women have a responsibility to do that for their husbands, but it's a different, it's a different check measure.
1: Were you a fisherman prior to that?
0: I had fished a little bit. A little bit? I, I enjoyed it. I was never much of a, I call it a freshwater fisherman. I enjoyed saltwater fishing in high school. Right. And so I enjoyed the fishing aspect of the treat. But funny enough, we didn't have to fish. I, I wanted the retreat. I yeah. didn't really want the fishing. The fishing was just an added bonus.
1: Right. Uh, so I'm doing a gospel study on John, uh, the study guide, a friend of mine, Calvin and I, who many of our listeners know has co-hosted this show many times, but we're, we're studying the book of John. And uh, so an apologist, it's not really a trivia, I don't want to put you on the spot, but uh, there was, where, do you know a trivia a, trivia a little bit, but uh, I'll share with you where, where all the apostles were, basically from one town. Capernaum, the, right? Uh, close. It's, it's, it's a part of, an, or near Capernaum, but it's Bethsaida. Bethsaida, right. And uh, Bethsaida is, uh, in English, means uh, house of fishing.
0: Okay. Yeah,
1: so I don't know why I'm thinking on your cast retreat, man. These guys are, that's the, Grand Isle is the new Bethsaida, I guess, right. you know. <laughs> well, we're,
0: you know, we, we try, we really try to, to actively get the men of Fatima and St. Anne's because we, yeah. we're we kind of sharing that retreat. I say sharing that retreat. We're trying to bring that retreat to St. Anne's where Father Russo is, is to get the men of the parish actively involved. And to do that, they need to have a reason to be. Mm-hmm. And they, and the reason is each other. Mm-hmm. And that's one way to pull themselves away
1: from the edges so he uh jared is wearing his father's Corsia pin on his lapel and um Corsia was a big part of my conversions and uh i guess around a hmm, long time ago uh for me now it's been i guess 18 years um well about 15 16 years i've lost track 16 years um have you made Corsia? i did yeah
0: i wouldn't wear this pin unless i yeah made yeah it yeah, my yeah. Own. yeah. Um, i made it in january this year actually wow. um i
1: didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, we did talk about did that. Talk about I that. think yeah. in the service
0: lane, four sixty five. I was uh, at St. James table. I was actually the table
1: leader, uh-huh. and I thought that was pretty random until I was told, "No, it's not." I said, oh, "Okay." Yeah, no, that's not random. I have to tell you, I have a little anger about me not being a table leader. <laughs> it still sticks with me. And hey, I was a table. Hey, well, I wasn't a table leader. Okay, <laughs> but uh, that's great. So a good experience. It was a very, very, very good
0: experience. Um, you know, some of the. Some of the apologetic stuff, some of the the rigors of the faith, I knew going in just because I had had, had taken a dive several years ago. However, <laughs> being reminded, refreshed, energized, or even other things you didn't know were presented. Let me, I'm yeah. speaking pretty poorly here, but it was great because it, it, it made you dive in even further. Yeah. And then to watch the progression of everybody at your table and the group again... Open their souls up and talk about what they struggle with and how, you know, supernatural grace and those things are, are so paramount to our lives um, to keep us on the path. Um,
1: yeah, sanctifying grace. You know, you mentioned you're a straight shooter. No, no, spiritual grace, all the same. Uh, not, not. But you mentioned that you're a straight shooter and that you know you talk about. I want you to tell a little bit of that story about your kids. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, that's a good story. We only have a few minutes left right. on the show. But
0: tell that story. Okay, so we'll keep it brief. Uh, brief. So uh, in July, we had a uh, Father Russo uh, over to our house for dinner. And we were, we were serving the meal. And uh, my younger son, who's a trip, was talking. And he was going to say something. And he said, oops, I almost said the S word. And my wife's eyes got big. And Father Russo's eyes got real big. And I'm, I'm dying laughing because I know exactly where he's going with this and i said yep and we can't say the f word and the n word at the table either and father russo's eyes just get really really big again and i said sean why don't you go ahead and tell him what those words are he goes that's right we can't say sorry we can't say fair and we can't say nice and of course everybody's laughing because it was like i had baited that fish on a hook <laughs>
1: um
0: in my household you know we can apologize for when we do wrong for for certain but we don't want to say sorry just to say sorry that's useless in society um Fair, fair is what comes to Cajun Field once or twice a year with rides. We, we, we strive for justice in our home to make sure kids understand that outcome isn't necessarily what fairness is all about. And that's not what a, a Catholic society should be about. And then nice, nice as pablum. We need to be kind, we need to be charitable. We need to think highly of others and we need to love them. And, and then of course we go with the, love, the aspect of love, being dying to oneself for the benefit of others, not an over emotional feeling of 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 wanton lust or pick another descriptor of it and mm-hmm. so we, we try to keep the vocabulary on the straight and narrow at the house um just because i want them to understand that words do have meanings and if we are to believe in the social kingship of christ we have to act in accordance to that and we can't we can't we can't live in society mm-hmm. um, you know um there's a prayer, a universal prayer in the back of my missile, I pray after mass on Sundays, and it was basically to to, um, and I'm going to butcher this, but it's basically to want God and not want the world, is the basically basically way to say it, um, they have much prettier language in the the prayer than me
1: yeah, it reminds me of, uh, the the rosary, you know the mysteries, and, um you know it's separation from the world uh is the grace of the nativity and um when i pray that rosary on you know the nativity uh the grace in the novena book is separation from the world not what you just described is what i you know that's the contemplation and prayer that i have it's like wherever i am uh, at that moment when i'm praying the rosary on that decade it's like okay You know, I'm here on earth in this spot, but that's not, my attention needs to not be on these earthly things, you know, like you say. And that's difficult. Yeah, it is. It's a tough gig. Life comes at you fast. Well, Jared, our time has gone by so fast. Um, Such a great man, a soldier for Christ, a teacher to all of us. I I can tell he teaches his kids every day, but I think he's, by his actions, has has taught us all, good Cajun Catholics, how to to live our life and be real. Be real Catholics. It's all we can do. Yeah. so again thank you so much for being on the show thank you for producing the wine that eventually becomes the blood of Christ you know getting it out there distributing it I'm a big fan of wine <laughs> yes, absolutely <laughs> so uh, you've been listening to the Cajun Catholic Radio Show today's guest has been Jared Cocky and um, thank you for being on the show today you've been a blessing to all of us thank you and uh, we would ask you all to again we challenge you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you until next time God bless